Welcome to the Creekwood Church Podcast. Our church exists to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. For that reason, we want to take a moment and let you know about Growth Track. Growth Track is a three-week class designed to help you connect with us, discover who you are, and develop your leadership. Sign up for Growth Track and get more information at creekwoodchurch.com slash growthtrack or on our Creekwood Church app. We hope this message inspires you and helps you discover practical ways to live a life of purpose. Enjoy. Well, I want to get into our teaching today. As I said, we are wrapping up the, the uh, series Insta Family. And, you know, the first weekend we talked about the family uh, has to have a foundation. And the next weekend we talked about the, the uh, fact that parenting is a process. And all the parents love that. And uh, last weekend we talked about the fact that it takes a village to, great, to raise great families. And today I want to talk to you about a topic that has to do with your family that I think even as you walk into Thanksgiving, it's really important to be reminded about this. And we're going to talk about this, this fact that none of us have a picture-perfect family. Amen? None of us have a picture-perfect family. And as much as we try to uh, take picture-perfect photographs, and people go to great measures to make their family pictures that they post online. We've got all kinds of filters and all kinds of things that we can use to make people think we have a perfect family. And isn't it true, a lot of times you look at people's picture that they post, and you're like, man, it must be nice to be a part of such an awesome family. Their family looks perfect. Or maybe a, a couple just got engaged, and this always happens. They take a picture, and the guy looks miserable. But the girl posts, we are so happy, and we love that we're engaged. And it's predictable. Down at the bottom, somebody's always going to say, you guys look so happy. And you want to post right after that and just say, no, he does not look happy. But our picture's can kind of be comical in how we go to, and, and I don't know what it is, but we go to great extremes to try to convince people that our family is perfect. And where a lot of frustration starts to happen is that we forget that families are not perfect. Families are not perfect because they're made up of imperfect people. That you take one sinner and another sinner, and they get married, and they have a couple hellions, And you just got things that are complicated. And, you know, I was looking at, looking up picture, family pictures, and uh, I, I looked up uh, family pictures gone wrong. Look it up sometime. It's kind of comical. Y'all wonder what your pastor does for free time? It's like, that's what I do. Uh, <laughs> uh, here, I don't know who coordinated this outfit. Um, this next one is a little creepy. Some of you are. That looks like some of my family members. Uh, I don't know what happened to grandma. Like, they don't want to be with grandma. They just got rid of grandma. Here's another one. I don't know who thought about this. Denim is great, but who coordinated that one? I don't know. This next one, like, haunts me. That is scary. 
You know, when you think about family pictures and our families, and I know for a lot of us uh, that are here this morning, for some of you, um, maybe your family has always been a source of great love and joy, but for others, your family's been the source of great pain. Um, maybe for you, it, it, you know, you look back and you say, you know what, growing up, my family's always been a place for nurture and safety, and for others, uh, family has represented a place of danger, a place of abuse that caused untold heartache for you. And I want to just say this right off the bat today, that even in the best families, there is heartache. That even in the best families, even in the, the picture-perfect families that we want to try to cover up, there are all types of hidden secrets of misconduct and regret that never show up in the portraits. They never show up in the pictures. You know, you think about your family and you think about what it represents. And I, I don't know if this happens to you, but, you know, when especially when, when you get together with your family and maybe you haven't seen them in a while, and it, isn't it true that all your issues start to come out? I know for me, um, for years, I had a lot of resentment towards my dad. And, and listen, my dad was, you've heard me talk a little bit about my dad, but, you know, my dad is, has been a missionary and a pastor and really, but all growing up, if I wanted to be with my dad, it was at the church or at the orphanage or building a church. It was never, I don't have one single memory that my dad ever showed up at a game or ever like, like just wanted to hang out. And as a kid, I resented that. And when I became an adult, every time that we would get together, I would tell myself, don't say anything. Let it go. And it never failed that I would sit down, and after a couple minutes, it would just be boiling out of me, and I'm like, Dad, why? And it's, it's kind of crazy how families can become so complicated and all of our issues, and we want to kind of like, um, again, we want to push them back. We want to avoid it. We want to, like, like, not do anything about it. And, and it's just it's complicated. I'm sure some of you right now, you think about the, the Thanksgiving get-together. You're already thinking about, for example, let me ask you, how many of you have one person in your family that is extremely difficult to be around? Raise your hand. Okay, if you're not raising your hand, you're that person. What's scary, what scares me is a lot of y'all didn't raise your hand today. <laughs> Families are complicated, they're crazy, and, and the more you get past the layers and all that kind of stuff. And I know this sounds a little, little heavy today and a little depressing, but I want you to hang with me. Because I didn't come here today to talk to you about the depressing fact that our families are dysfunctional. I came today to talk to you about the fact that we serve a God that is able to do the impossible in your family. That all of the dysfunction, all of the things that are going on in your family that are, are so crazy, it's an opportunity to, for God to work. I think about a family in our church that automatically, as I was preparing this teaching, I thought about, and it's Richard and, and uh, 
uh, Coco, Lindsay, and we've got a picture. They took a picture. This is the first weekend um, that we did this series, and they took a picture together. And uh, some of y'all may not know this, and, and um, Richard has shared his testimony at the baptism this, this past year, but um, he grew up in a pastor's home, but as, as years went on, as, as, as a father and a husband, he started every weekend to go out and drink and do drugs and stay out all weekend long, not come, coming home. And his boys would text him and say, Dad, are you coming home? Dad, are you coming home? Are you coming home this weekend? And God supernaturally worked in his life. And, you know, Coco was ready, understandably ready to divorce him. And God changed his life. And, you know, one of the greatest things for me as a pastor this summer was to look out my office window and see a man in Richard Lindsay mowing like crazy the church property. We got a picture. This is Richard. And this summer, he spent hours after hours after hours volunteering mowing the, the land. And I think of how does a man that used to go on the weekends and disappear and do drugs and drink and his family didn't even know where he's at. Now he, his, his life is completely changed and go to a place that now he cares about totally different things. It's, it's the way God works. See, the Bible tells us in Luke 137, nothing is impossible with God. And I want to ask you this question today when it comes to your family. Do you believe this? Do you actually believe that there's not a single thing going on in your family or in your life that is, is beyond God being able to heal it? 2 Corinthians 7, 5 says this, outside there was conflict from every direction. I know that's how a lot of us feel today. Outside there's battles from every direction and inside there's fear. And I love that it says, but God, but God. See, you have a decision to make when it comes to your family Are you going to let God begin to work? Are you going to continue to stand in the way of what God wants to do? See, God wants to use you to work in your family's life. But I think it has to begin with the place that we all have to be able to, to say, our families are not perfect. There's no such thing as perfect families. But these are opportunities for God to work. I want to give you some practical things if you want to write some of these things down today uh, that I believe every family needs today. Number one, the first thing that every family needs is forgiveness. Every family needs forgiveness I think of Richard Lindsay and how that he needed the forgiveness of his wife, the forgiveness of his kids. And in fact, this weekend, he's in Oklahoma speaking at his dad's church. Is that not a miracle? That's amazing. And he needed this forgiveness. And you know, people in your family, they need your forgiveness. Forgiveness is a choice. 
Forgiveness is a choice. It is the act of, of, of our will. It is not a feeling. It's not an emotion. You're never going to feel like forgiven. Most of us, listen, what you're going to feel like doing is when people hurt you or they do stuff in your life, especially your family, the people that are closest to you, you want to block them out of your life. And, you know, think about how easy it is to block people now, even when it comes to our, our cell phones. Isn't it easy if, if a family member or our close friend is trying to call you? You can block them pretty easy, right? But it hasn't always been that easy. Like back in the 90s, it was really hard to block people. This is how we used to block people. You had to like, that's how you block. You're like, I don't want to have anything to do with them. And how many of y'all, I know the millennials here are not going to remember answering machines. You're not going to know what that is. But we used to have these answer machines that had two cassette tapes in them. Y'all remember those? And your parents sometimes would let, one of the cassette tapes was to, to record the announcement. And your parents sometimes let you record that announcement, Right? And you always wanted to do something really funny, like you would go, hello, 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 I can't hear you. And they would be yelling, and you're like, got you, leave a message. Your parents would delete it. But the other cassette, the other cassette was for the message. And what you would do is if you were trying to block people, you didn't want to talk to them. You just, the way you screened your call is you stood there and you listened to their message, Right? But sometimes they would drive by your house and see that you were at home. And they'd go into 7-Eleven and they would call you and leave another message and say, pick up the phone, I know you're avoiding me. Forgiveness is powerful. You know, some of you parents need to forgive your kids. I don't, we don't think of it a lot of times like that, but you know when you're, your, your son or your daughter was a little baby or, or they were a toddler or maybe they were eight or nine. It, it was kind of cute when they were, they'd say hurtful stuff. But when they're 18, 19 or 25 or 30 and they start saying stuff to you, it goes deep. I was thinking about this, this last week I was in QT. And, uh, you know, if you want to get a healthy meal, you go to QT. <laughs> and I hear an amen. Uh, QT. I was in QT, and, and I was in there, and, and there was a, a, a dad and a mom and a, 19, look, a girl that looked like about 18, 19 years old, and uh, they were arguing about she wanted to get a hot dog, and her dad was like, we're getting ready to go eat. Just get a drink. Let's go, and, and they were arguing back and forth, and finally she just yelled out, and she said, Dad, will you just shut up? And I looked at at the dad, and I thought, okay, this girl's going to go see Jesus right now. Because <laughs> this is not going to go good. But, you know, the dad didn't do anything. But what was so powerful is that the, the mom turned to the daughter, and she said, who are you? Who are you? And some of you can think of, of fights and arguments and things that have happened that have gone so deep. Maybe you're the son or maybe you're the daughter. Maybe it's a brother. Maybe it's a cousin. I don't know who it is. Maybe it's your mother-in-law. And that's tough. <laughs> um, forgiveness is, is powerful. No relationship can survive without forgiveness. 
Colossians 3.13 says, make allowances for each other's faults. What that means is that you need to forgive people because we're all annoying. And forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And here's the payoff for forgiveness. Listen, it says, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. See, the payoff this Thanksgiving for forgiveness is peace. When you're willing to forgive, when you're willing to say, you know what, I'll step up and I know I've been wronged. I know that this has caused me a lot of, a lot of pain. I know that this has happened, but I choose to forgive. I do want to say this about this is that when you forgive somebody, you're not excusing what they did. And listen to me, if the person continues to be abusive or continues to be unfaithful and reckless, it doesn't mean you should trust that person. You probably shouldn't. It doesn't mean that you should let that person into your life. But I'm telling you, if you want peace in your soul and peace in your family, you have to learn to forgive. To say, God, I forgive just like you forgave me. Every family needs forgiveness. Number two, every family needs healthy individuals. I know that's kind of duh. But every family needs healthy individuals. Do you know that your family is only as good as each person in it? What do you bring to your family? Do you bring joy or are you the individual that just kind of sucks the life out of the family? You think about it's so easy to focus on other people's issues. And, but your family is only as, as, as healthy as you are. And dads, let me just say this to you. You need to lead the way in this. Dads, how healthy are you? Are you a healthy person? It's very easy to just kind of go, you know what, my marriage is falling apart. I don't know what's going on. And you want to, like, like uh, blame your spouse, blame your dog, whatever. And you don't want to take responsibility to say, you know what, I, I need to focus on myself and, and how healthy I am. Do you know that healthy individuals know how to identify their flaws? The Bible talks about this a lot and in, in, in and the fact that your flaws are going to damage your family. And you've got to be able to identify those, those flaws. And the Bible talks about a lot of different, different um, flaws that we have. And one of the biggest that the Bible talks about is sexual sin. Sexual sin is the number one cause of families that are damaged. When I say sexual sin, I'm talking about pornography. I'm talking about cheating. I'm talking about flirting. This sexual sin will kill your family. You got to be able to identify, identify those flaws. How healthy are you? You can also talk about your anger. You have bursts of anger, and it's easy to kind of go, you know what, my family just you know, makes me go crazy, and, and it's out, you get out of control. For some of you, maybe it's dishonesty. You lie all the time. Maybe it's an addiction. 
Maybe it's harsh words. Your words are, are so harsh that James 3, 5 says the tongue is a small thing, but what enormous damage our words do. It can ruin your life. A single word, a single phrase, a sentence that is cutting it and so hurtful can destroy a family. you got to be willing to look and see. You want a great family. Listen to me, moms, dads, and every person in this place. What you've got to do is you've got to address your sin. What most of us do, and, and listen, in Matthew 7, 3, it says, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? What most of us love to do is we love to take a magnifying glass to our family. And you know, if you want to see a speck of dust, you can see it with a, with, with a magnifying glass, but isn't it true you got to get really close up? And it's easy when it comes to our family to get really close and, and, and point out all of their faults and all of their, their, their issues. But do you know that you get to choose what you magnify in your family? You get to choose what you are going to make bigger. And what most of us do in our families is this is the way we walk around and, and we're looking at everybody else's fault, faults and flaws. You're looking at your wife's, you know, all of her issues and you're looking at your husband's issues and your kids' issues and your mother-in-law's issues and blah, blah, blah. And it's easy to lay in bed with your spouse or, or just kind of sit around and run your mouth. We all do this about everybody else's issues. But what if today you were to put down the magnifying glass and pick up the mirror? Pick up the mirror and start looking at yourself. See, what your family needs more than anything else is for you to be healthy. For you to, to look at your issues and allow God to, to begin to heal you and begin to work through you. But I've seen so many people oftentimes, man, they're bailing on their family. They're bailing on their, their marriages and their kids is because they've chosen to just keep the magnifying glass and they've never really actually taken the mirror and said, these are my issues. You probably never heard of Lawrence Ripple. But Lawrence Ripple, we've got a picture of him. He's a great guy. Um, Lawrence Ripple walked into a bank in Kansas City, Missouri, pulled out a gun, and demanded all of their money, got the money in a bag, and did, then he did something really strange. He went and he sat in a corner, and he said, would y'all just please call the police? He didn't leave. He just sat down with his with all the money that he had stolen the gun, he laid it down. He said, call the police. The police showed up, got him. They put him in the car, and on the way, they were like, why'd you do this? You're going to be in a lot of trouble. Why did you do this, sir? And he's like, I can't take being with my wife. I'd rather go to prison than be with my wife one more day. I can't stand her. 
He went before the judge, and the judge could have possibly sentenced him for like 10 years in the penitentiary for doing that. And what the judge did is he sentenced him to six months of house arrest. (laughs) How many of y'all know that's a good judge? I know some of you are sick of your family. And you are like, I'd rather go to jail. I'm just, I'm just encouraging you to look at your, yourself and focus on yourself. And what can you do to make yourself healthier? And be, be the person that, that brings health into your family. Number three, you got to manage the little things. Manage the little things. Um. I mean, you think about all the little things that we do that, like, are so annoying. Why is my wife giggling? <laughs> I do plenty of things. Um, but, you know, the little things, if we don't manage the little things, um, the little things are what start to pile up and become so destructive in families. Do you know that no... That, that nobody suddenly falls out of love. Nobody suddenly has an affair. Nobody suddenly starts to resent their family. It's the little things that start to build up over time. And we let all these little things, and it's kind of, and again, I want to remind you, families are imperfect because families are full of, of sinners. We're all imperfect. And you, what you do, if you don't manage the little things, if my wife doesn't manage the fact that I annoy her with my driving, she does not like the way I drive or the, the way that I, I don't close the cabinet doors. Y'all pray for me. I'm really trying really hard to change. But some of you, I don't know what the little things you do that annoy your, your, your family members or your spouse. Men, maybe it's that you, keep, you're, you refuse to to put the, the, the toilet seat down. And you're like, man, I don't want to do that. And I'm just telling you, those little things start to pile up, and if you don't manage them well, it, it, it becomes so destructive. The last area is every family needs affirmation. This is a big one. Um, I want to just say this to you, that, that your words are powerful. And parents, listen to me. Your kids, their value is being assaulted every single day. People are assaulting their value through social media. Every time they turn around, their their worth is being questioned. And your words are so powerful. I know sometimes it's it's hard to think about what, what how could I affirm my kids. But listen to me. Psalms one thirty nine thirteen says. This, for you, God, created my inmost being. God, you knit me together in my mother's womb. It means that God was aware of every little detail when he made every person in your family. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. And I know sometimes, listen to me, your kids seem like little monsters, but your words are powerful. And what you speak into their lives, 
You know, we've talked a little bit about father wounds, and I know some of you um, have got father wounds of words that your dad or mom spoke into your life. And I was thinking about what John Eldridge, he's an author and pastor, said this about this. He said, every son craves his father's approval, and if he doesn't get it, he'll spend the rest of his life feeling deeply insecure, unworthy, and never good enough. I would encourage you today, as imperfect as your kids are and your family members are, to find ways to encourage them. Hebrews 3.13 says, encourage one another daily. Why does it say daily? Because listen to me, every single day we need it. Hebrews 10.24 says, let's think of ways to encourage each other. Our families are not perfect. But we serve a God of the impossible. And one of the most exciting things to see is when you open yourself up and you're willing to say, God, this is not easy for me to do this, but God, I bring forgiveness into my family. I'm going to forgive. God, I'm going to focus on becoming a healthy individual. God, I, I am going to manage the little things. God, I'm going to affirm the people in my life. I'm going to look for ways to encourage and affirm my relatives and my family around the Thanksgiving table. You watch God begin to do the supernatural. I want us to pray today. I want to ask you to bow your heads for just a few moments. Father, I I thank you for every person here today. God, I thank you. Thank you so much, God, that you love us despite all of our flaws, despite all of our weaknesses. God, you see our families. You see those closest to us. God, you see the brokenness in our relationships. You see the brokenness between fathers and sons and mothers and daughters and family members. God, this Thanksgiving, we invite your presence. We invite you to do what only you can do. Restore, heal families. You know, if you're here today and you've never accepted Christ into your life, I want to give you an opportunity to accept Christ. You don't have to stand or come forward. You can do that right at your seat and you can just say, Jesus Christ, I I receive you into my life. I confess that I'm a sinner. The Bible says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. Just pray that prayer today. Father, we thank you, Lord for your restoring restoring power in our life. We thank you, God. God, that our family members that are coming in, God, that we're gonna get around, that maybe they don't know you, God, you are able to reach them. Father, we thank you for this, God. We are believing for great miracles, Lord. In your name we pray, and everyone said, amen. 
Thanks for listening to the Creekwood Church Podcast. If you have been encouraged by the ministry of Creekwood Church and would like to partner with us financially, you can give securely online at creekwoodchurch.com or on our Creekwood Church app. For directions, service times, and more information about the ministries of Creekwood Church, please visit our website at creekwoodchurch.com.